All right, my name is Andrew Green. I am uh, glad to welcome you into another episode of the Idea Collision here, where we kind of mash some ideas together, uh, history or culture. We've been talking about um, kind of emotional health and 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 um, various related topics. We're kind of going around in a circle of of things that are all related to, but not necessarily sequentially. Uh, so if you if you've been here with us before, then you kind of know how I set this up. But um, for someone who might be joining, I will kind of explain it really for the um, you know it, it, just so you kind of get a feel of of how the podcast works. I like to have say an idea or two, um, of just a, a general kind of philosophical sort of a thought. Um, Maybe combine it with some other type of a thought uh, or event, and and I, really I like to leave it with not just some high-minded philosophy of sorts, but really to look at how it um, it affects us practically in life, um, and and not just me individually, uh, but to see kind of how we're a part of an interacting whole. In, in the world around us. And, and then, of course, mostly to, to leave you with a spiritual thought. I don't n- always necessarily give a Bible verse or explore a Bible verse. is not really what I do here. I do that in other settings. I'm a minister. Uh, so we do that in that settings uh, or in that setting. And I have a uh, podcast where um, I just upload our churches and uh, our sermons and classes, things like that. Uh, but I, I more like to focus on the things that affect us as as groups of human beings, whether it be in a larger society or in a sub, kind of a subgroup of some sort. Uh, you may not, therefore, personally feel everything because even within a society as a whole, or we talk about generations a lot, there are exceptions. Not everybody identifies, well, you know, not everybody that's, you know, 70 right now identifies with the baby boomer generation or, or what have you. But I do try to um, I, I do try to make it broad enough that that people kind of either they've experienced these things or they have they they understand it from a perspective of observing the culture around them, uh, and so you are fairly well linked to other people one way or the other. Speaking of links, uh, I tend to post links at the end of things that. Um, I think are beneficial, whether it be through our church or through ministries that I'm uh, a part of outside of church. Uh, so do feel free to to take uh, advantage of those and um, and always share and uh, and and subscribe. Encourage others to subscribe. I hope this benefits you in some way. That's the purpose of this: is to leave you with something valuable. Um, so I want to try to some d- discussing some things. Um, uh, my my family's getting ready to uh, uh, leave for spring break. If you are leaving for spring break, uh, then I don't want to see you on my crash dash uh, on my Instagram or whatever that's called. So so one of the things you can do is if you like to watch this, you can. Uh, one of those links is uh, to to ways to listen to the audio, download it, and listen to that. So. Uh, I'm stuck here uh, and uh, doing doing various things, and one of them is recording this podcast, which I actually enjoy doing. It's not a chore for me. 
So uh, if you do listen, and uh, every once in a while I do refer to a graphic or sometimes post a video that relates, so, so that link is there as well. All right, the, the housekeeping is over. I want to get into something. Today is going to border. Uh, I try to avoid this typically, but uh, it's going to border on something controversial. I don't really like to do that a lot. Um, but uh, uh, sometimes things that are on the border of controversial really illustrate a point well uh, that I'm, I'm trying to make, and, and this one does. I try to do so with humor if I do, and I try to do it fairly even-handed when possible. So I, I'm not a person who just brings up stuff for controversy's sake. I don't like those kind of podcasts. I, they annoy me even, even when I agree with the point that's being made. So I'm not trying to stir the pot just to, to get reaction. Do understand that. Uh, we've been talking about the emotional effects of decisions that are made. And, and primarily where we've been focusing on is when a person makes rules, these rigid rules, that they have because of events in their past. And, and, and then obviously if a generation has these rules, you know, or s similar events they're likely to make as a generation, new rules that damage themselves and, uh, and end up hurting a, a, a new generation. We've talked about, you know, how that can even end up the new rule that, that was made to avoid something can end up affecting people worse than the original harm that, that made the rule in the first place. Well, today, um, I want to talk about an, another source of these, uh, and um, I want to refer to some past events, um, recent past events, to illustrate this. And that is to illustrate how our identity, uh, that's a word we hear a lot, um, if you like hear that word and yeah, uh, what, what's going on, he's going to talk about identity, that's, that's not what I mean when I, when I say identity. Uh, like how I how I view myself is a lot of what shapes the decisions I make, um, how I define myself and uh, uh, my, my view uh, of who I am. So that that makes my policies uh, if you know and we have so many different types of um, things that we have that determine who our identity is. We'll get into some of those. I want to look at something that happened um, as an, an event, and it kind of illustrates this. I, I don't know if you've ever been in a, uh, all of us have been in a situation. You, it, it varies where you're at when this happens, but some, usually some sort of public place. You're coming out of a store, someone's coming in a store, and you both kind of accidentally line up, and then you do this thing where you you do this dance, right? Like, like we we both go this way, and then, and then we we're both gonna go that way, and we kind of like try to figure out how we're going to get past this other person. As I, we're, we're, you know, you're in this synchronized thing, and and you somehow one of you has to say, "Listen, I'm going that way," and you point to where you're going, and then they're okay to go the other way. Like, okay, we we managed to get past that. If we go back to, say, summer late summer, early fall, we were kind of got into this situation where we where we saw this. Actually it was it was more I would say fall and then into the winter technically, but but the events for it set up in summer. And um if you go back and think about and I really don't want to trigger anybody 
uh, I don't even like the word trigger. It's triggering. Uh, <laughs> uh, but this event happened. And, and if you go back in the evenings, and I remember listening to news, and I consumed a lot of news. I, I consume a lot less news now than I did uh, at that point. But I remember, you know, you would see updates. You wanted to know what was going on in the world. And, and news was one of our, our ways to stay in tune with stuff and we all felt a part of what was happening in the world at that time and typically what was happening for a while there every evening or mostly every evening we were getting updates on the health situation that we were we were in and and Donald Trump would would he was the president at the time and and he would say something and standing next to him was uh, Dr. Fauci on the other side was was Dr. Burks, or or maybe they would give some updates, and he was standing there, and uh, and the discussion was of a vaccine that was coming. I know you you hear vaccine, it is, like, but just bear with me. We're not going to talk about the vaccine. That's not what this is about. This is just serves as an illustration of identity and how we make policies for ourselves. And so uh, I remember. A similar event to what I saw then, uh, just to pause it there. I remember I was driving, so I was listening at the time to a Super Bowl with, um, I think it was, it was Dallas uh, and Buffalo, I want to say. It was like in 92 or 91. No, it wasn't 91. I know that. It was, I think, in 92. And, um, and I remember, I mean, Dallas was blowing Buffalo out of the water at the time. And it was almost it was towards the end of the game, and and it was here we were headed for another touchdown, and the the Dallas player was showboating a little bit on the way to what he thought was going to be spiking the football, and out of nowhere from across the the thing, the, the across the field comes this Buffalo defensive player who. They, he was going to lose. He was on the verge of losing. There was no chance that they were going to come back. But, you know, he took it as a personal affront. And, and he the, he got to the to the Dallas player and, and forced a fumble. And, um, you know, that, that guy didn't get to celebrate. You know, it kind of ruined his personal moment of, of glory. And there was this moment, very similarly so, in the election uh, of that year where much of this surrounded this discussion of a possible vaccine, and, and all the people on one side were getting ready to celebrate this great victory and this great accomplishment. Uh, it kind of reminded me of that, and, and something happened on the way to, you know, the second or the first Tuesday after the first Monday in November, and, and you know, all of a sudden people didn't get to celebrate that victory uh, that they thought was coming, uh, for for the election, and uh, and all of a sudden, all that great news about a vaccine was not benefiting them the way they thought that it was going to. Uh, so, as they say, something happened on the way to a celebration, and uh, and I want to take you back to the viewpoint of the other side because at the time, they thought that you know this was an unprecedented thing. You know, this, this, the vaccine, every time, if you turned on like a daytime talk show or evening, you know, cable news network or something like that, you know, certain groups, and you know who they were, thought that at the time in the summer, spring, summer, and then early fall, 
that that coming vaccine was the greatest thing since the invention of the wheel. Uh, and then the election happened. Now, leading up to that point, the other side of the aisle, politically, uh, socially, whatever, they were very skeptical of the vaccine. It was almost like Donald Trump was, you know, in the back room of the Oval Office with the witch's cauldron mixing up the vaccine. You know, it was like a eye of Sean Han eye eyebrow of Sean Hannity, cigar ash from Rush Limbaugh and and making this evil potion, you know. And uh and, and so so they they were very, very, very skeptical and, and, and so so there were two very opposite sides leading up to the election. Then the election happened. Now you know, different people were going to get credit for things. And and so now you had this dance that took place where, where two sides realized that they wanted to be on the other side of the issue. And so it was like, how are we going to get there? I'm, I'm going to have to kind of somehow skirt you without touching you because you're like a leper to me. And, and, uh, and, and then you can have this area and then we'll have the other side of the aisle and we'll be okay. You know, and in the meantime, we're getting really dangerously close to each other. And it's, it was really this awkward three or four weeks. Uh, but in, in a span of three to four weeks, I, I don't remember who shifted first. Uh, someone, like, pointed, I'm going there. Okay, and then I'm going there. And we'll, we'll hold the opposite view, you know, and I'll be what you were three weeks ago. So I don't remember who it was that went first. But in three or four weeks... You know, the, the rock-ribbed conservatives, you know, suddenly looked like anti-vax hippies, you know, from the 60s. Um, and, you know, whereas they had just thought that this this vaccine was the greatest achievement of our lifetimes, now, all of a sudden, they, they couldn't have anything to do with it. On the other hand... Um, you know, the other side of the aisle suddenly found themselves with these conservatives invading their airspace. And so that was highly uncomfortable. So now without Trump in the picture, it was safe for that group to become very friendly with Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks, Dr. Fauci especially. Um, and so now... They were safe. All of a sudden, he became a national hero, which he was not prior to because he was connected to a certain person. And all of a sudden, people who were very, very skeptical, and I know them, you probably know them, were very skeptical of the vaccine, now didn't have enough arms for all the places that they wanted to put all these needles. Right? Why? Well, how did it, how did it happen? Okay, we're going to end the vaccine talk. Just, if you're nervous now, I, I tried to be even-handed, right? Because both sides were silly. How did two groups find? I don't care what you think about that issue. The fact is, is that two sides switched overnight. If you're on one side and you think it was the greatest thing, then there was a moment in time where you did not think it was the greatest thing. 95% chance of that. Very few people stayed where they were before and then after. How did groups 
get this exact 180 degree opposite view in like three weeks. It was that fast. That is a sociological anomaly. That doesn't happen. Over generations, yes. I can show you how conservatives believe something different than they did a decade or two ago. In the other same on the other side. I, I can show you that. But uh how did it happen that fast? So I want to share with you my theory. Yeah. And uh, you've heard us talk we've talked about Sigmund Freud a little bit before. And and uh so we one of Freud Freud had some theories. He t he talked about the id and the ego and the super ego. I want to introduce to you a different part of your psyche. And that is what I call your ima. What what's an ima? Well, if you want to know what your ima is, all you have to do is answer or you know, complete the sentence. Ima. Ima what? And that's your ima. And this is a determining factor. Right? It's your identity. Whatever you say, Ima, and you finish that, that will determine or be a part of the determining factors in the directions that you have, the rules that you make for yourself, the policies that you set for your life. What's your Ima? Your Ima can be anything, but your identity will determine your direction. Right? It can be lots of stuff. Um and right now, be because of this this event that happened, right now politically, uh, the, the the political identity of things is um, is the strongest one that people are in right now. I don't know if that's because we were trapped in our houses and we watched stuff or heard stuff. I don't know, but somehow in the last, I would it's not it, it goes really before that. It's, it's somehow in the last ten years. Politics has maybe maybe 15 years. Maybe it's just the Internet has made all this stuff more a part of our life. So we consume so much more. Um, I grew up, I mean, when I was a uh, eighth grader, ninth grader, I didn't know I didn't know the words Republican and Democrat. I didn't know what those were, really. You know, uh, I, it wasn't a part of my world. Uh, now, kids, I mean, kids know what that is, and it, it po politics is such a strong part of people's identity. So that even now, it, everything gets filtered through that. Weather gets filtered. You you watch the Weather Channel. There's, there, you're, you're getting politics. You watch uh, anything, anything at all. Uh, you cannot watch. You go to school. Your kids go to school. They're learning math. They're getting politics. Um, everything is filtered through politics. Uh, marriages are breaking up over politics. I forget who it was. I, they might still be married. Uh, but I remember, uh, who was it? It was, um, there was a, a news commentator that was married. It was He was a, a prominent uh, liberal commentator. He was married. Uh, he's from Louisiana, and I can't remember. But he was married to a prominent conservative person, and they had a successful marriage. It was I, I, how can you do that, right? Well, there was there was a time when everything wasn't filtered through politics, right? That that you could have views, and those were views, and that was aside. But now life has to be through this. We're going to come back to it, not specifically, but just to the concept. Uh, 
why? So I'm a, I'm a conservative. I'm a liberal or progressive. I'm a whatever. Uh, I'm a, I'm a can be a, your employment, by the way. I'm a, you know, I'm a doctor. I'm a union worker. I'm a farmer. A lot of these will also be connected to your politics because politics is so overarching right now. For some, it's ethnicity or or nationality, which are slightly different. You know, uh, I'm a Hispanic. I'm an American. Uh, I'm a whatever. It can be economic. I'm 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 a rich person. I'm a successful person. I'm a poor person. It can be your social status, like I'm an educated person. Uh, your location. I'm a Easterner, I'm a Westerner, I'm a Midwesterner. I, there are all sorts of identities. And what happens is that these all determine the rules we make for ourselves. It, so that, um, uh, you know, the, the closer something is to our, the, the closer something is to our core, the more weight it carries. So I might have multiple imas, the, whichever one is strongest to my core, as as my identity, that is going to have more pull. So sometimes people will do things that are out of character, um, which is why you know you go back and you take two people with opposite politics that can have a successful marriage. Obviously, their politics were secondary to their identity as a married person in this relationship that was more valuable to them. So, so they could maintain it and go, oh, right, so, so you're an idiot because you have this view. Oh, no, you're dumb because you have this view, but I still love you. Right? That, that could happen now. No, politics is the most important thing, so the politics will, like, okay, you're this. I, I can't like you now. I can't even admit that we're blood-related now because you have this viewpoint, and there are people like that. So, um, so, so it all determines what is more core. Well, what is, uh, so, so, so that brings us back to this question of how people could contradict themselves so quickly. And, and to do that, I want to introduce one more factor, and that is that the more substance your IMA has, this is my theory, okay, the more substance it has, the less contradictory it is. Um, so, so stuff with actual real material substance, it doesn't move or shift, right? It has mass, it has density. So it just, it doesn't change that much. So the more superficial something is, the more prone to change, right? So um, so things like a, a, a marriage th th where there's a vow that, that usually, or used to at least, have more pull on something. Your identity, uh, you will see people whose identity, you're born a certain way, right? So so if I'm born and my identity is, listen, I'm a, I'm a black person or I'm a Mexican or I'm a, I'm a whatever, those are parts of your identity that you don't even control because you, you are that. So there will be people who will, you know, uh, contradict uh, what what people think? What, why would you have that view? But because that's a part of their their identity. That's that's much more closer to the core. So so they might act out of character. What you think they should do because they have something that's of more substance than something else. Uh, so so I thought I thought you know here's here's a ethnicity and and 
and you know but you have this other thing that's important to you your job or whatever that's important to you but you might act out of character because why because you your ethnicity defines you more so and and so you will do things that are maybe not in in line with what most people of that career are doing because you have something stronger uh so so it's got more substance well so, so this is so why did people shift a political view well because political the political realm has almost no substance to it and this is interesting politics while it's one of the most important identities to people today has the least substance of virtually anything you think about it like like policy a nation's policy is so changeable there's there's no weight to it it is constantly changing people have constant new opinions there's new things being you know theorized all the time so that people are basing their life on something with zero substance pretty close to zero substance and so they contradict themselves it, and you can see it shift as i said you can go back years and years and see how things people believe political parties believe in something so opposite so much so that that the entire map of our electoral system is flipped from where it was you think about the areas that got abraham lincoln elected it was the northeast the northeast got a republican elected you couldn't do that today that that would not be a winning policy what because things change Right? It, it, it's politics. It, it is subject to change. It has no no density, no mass at all. Well, it's just completely superficial. And so, if we're going to have an identity that that forms the thing, my personal policies. Forget about national policies. Just personal. This is the direction I want to go with my life. It is important for me then uh, to pick things and and develop identities out of things that are valuable you know you could have again something that's it's take jobs for example that's not too controversial you could have a job i'm trying to think of one but but if you had a career and your career suddenly changed and the values of that new career were different well that you you've career is very superficial also it might be a little more important to you than your politics Personally speaking, your job is very important to you, but you you switch and all of a sudden you you'd find that well this is this is what people in this job think well you know like we go back to union workers well I'm a union worker well if you suddenly got a job as a union a not in a non union shop because that's the only place you could find a job guarantee you you suddenly would not be very pro union right be- because why because your identity has changed and uh you know, this is the encouragement that I want to leave you with. This is a little bit shorter today, not a, not a lot, but a, a few minutes shorter. I want to, I want you to go and and find, investigate what are things that are central to the the policies that you establish. What is it really? I'm a what? Uh, what is most substantial? And sadly, the part that is most central to all of us, whether we know it or not, or should be. It is one that is almost 
never addressed or never addressed in a really serious way. And I think we all recognize it, may at least subconsciously, but our spiritual side is least emphasized. We're, we're all so busy pursuing careers and education and and uh, making sure we know what everybody else thinks politically and sociologically and all these other areas. These are all so important. We make, we, I mean, we have to, if you believe, what, what do you believe about this? And everything has, we have to know the filter on what we think about this within a political field. That spirituality is often the one that is left out in the cold. And that is the one that has the most substance. Who you are is not your political view, really, at the end of it. Uh, who you are is much deeper than what you do for a living. Who you are is much more important, much more substantial than where you went to college or what you studied in college. That Those are just aspects of your experiences. Who you are spiritually, the things that really form your identity that is the most valuable thing that will when you establish that you will establish something that is bedrock and and people who make that type of a bedrock uh, identity are much less prone to or make it the correct way are much less prone to contradiction are much less prone to uh, volatility um there's less upheaval in their life, right? Because, uh, and and that is going to lead to a much greater contentment, uh, a much more stable environment that you will create because your policies will be based on that. So I encourage you to, to go out and investigate yourself. Uh, do some introspection. What is it? Answer the question, what is my IMA? What what IMAs are most important to me? And if they are politics, really, I could not care less what side of things you take. But if it is politics in general, regardless of what side you are on, you're really you're really like in a tree in a, in a hurricane. You you're in a very volatile situation, and and you're not going to find happiness there. I I promise you, uh, really. True, genuine contentment is going to be in addressing your spiritual self. So, so do um, I again encourage you to to follow some of our links and and um, and and some of those some of those other links have deeper discussions of these these areas that that we we do. So, all right, have a good week. Mm-hmm.